Today on what's the best that could happen from believing in myself, I would like to talk about masking as neurotypical. What I mean by masking is changing my natural instincts or patterns for certain ways of showing up because of knowing that they might not be received well by people who don't have this lived experience. And (laughs) I'm honestly feeling a little bit triggered and I'm a little bit amused because this podcast could totally be renamed to processing out loud. (laughs) Anyways, um, so masking. One of the ways that I mask is when I am talking about things. I just saw one, one, one. <laughs> Thank you. One of the ways that I mask um, is by being hyper focused on staying on topic. And you might be saying, like, Excuse me. You might be thinking, like, staying on topic isn't a bad thing. And you're right. It's it's not a bad thing. It's a helpful thing to stay on topic with what I'm talking about, especially when I am consciously putting myself in a space that I am trying to teach in. Staying on topic is absolutely important. But the degree that I feel pressured to stay on topic, even when I'm talking about my genuine mental health experience, is not at a healthy... No, I don't want to... It's at a very extreme level (laughs) of always being aware of how I could be perceived if I go too off topic. Um, Even even when leaning into trusting that like what I have to say or what I think about can be helpful to other people, even in talking myself through like my experience is valid, whether it is productive or makes sense or not. Like, even allowing myself to take up space in that way, there is still constantly the thought of like, stay on topic, get back on topic, don't veer off of topic too much because people won't listen if you're if you get way off topic and they'll never like it's <laughs> and. I think that I've trained myself <laughs> and I just saw 333. Thank you again. <sighs> I think that my awareness of the way that my brain processes life differently from other people and my fear of rejection or abandonment 
has made me hyper aware of not being my full self. And this has shown up in other ways as well. I'm definitely not the only neurodivergent person to be hyper-focused on masking all the time in any social interaction. Um, Or even like pseudo-social interactions. Like this is not actually a social interaction. Like it's not in real time. And I have no way of knowing one, if anyone is listening to this, or two, your reaction to this. And yet my brain is still focused on that I have to show up in a certain way, um, even if it's not necessarily the way that is most comfortable for me. Or I don't want to say most comfortable because, unfortunately, masking has been very comfortable for me in that it's been familiar for so long of my life. But I feel like I have to show up in a way that is a very certain specific way, even if it's not my authentic or instinctual way of showing up. I guess that makes sense or more sense. Um, but as I was saying, I'm, I'm definitely not the only person to have to feel like they have to mask like this. I'm definitely not alone in this. I was afraid to let myself move or stim freely for years. Um, For most of my life, honestly. And... If you've never heard that term before, stimming is repetitive self-stimulation. Generally as a soothing thing, but it can also be as, like it can have other um, reasons or focuses as well. Like I, one of the ways that I tend to stim to help me focus is doodling when I'm taking notes. And that actually helps me be able to focus on what I'm writing down and what I'm hearing better than just sitting there. Um, so stimming can be, stimming can be with any of your senses. And, you know, stimming can also be something like listening to the same song on repeat for hours, days, weeks. <laughs> um, watching the same movie. You might have heard me mention before how I've watched Moana six times in one day. Um, I have a bunch of different movies that I stim on that it depends on what mood I'm in, um, but I can absolutely keep watching the same movie and keep having the same emotional responses to it even if I literally just watched it. (laughs) Um, Other ways that I stem as well are like eating the same food over and over because that's what I am in the mood for. Um, And, you know, like rocking or spinning or fidgeting. Um, 
And I, with the exception of um, eating the same foods, because that one has been one that's always come easy to me, but most of these other ways of stimming, I have actually had to learn how to be okay with wanting to do that because of being aware of how people would look at me or how they would respond to me. Um, I have resisted the urge to do movement stims when I've been at school or at work for years, honestly, most of my life. And even as I'm more deliberately choosing to honor myself and honor those ways that the energy wants to move through me now, I still have to work at it sometimes. I still have to like remind myself that it's okay to do what's best for me or what's best for my body or I still have to remind myself of that all the time because the habit of hiding that has been so overwhelming and suffocating for so many years. Um, and, you know, I think that's a part of, like, the representation that we have of people with different mental health experiences is not great representation like it's it's getting better but you know for years I grew up on like watching it's just not great representation um in fact sometimes very harmful representation and so that was influencing how I was able to feel safe showing up or in this case not showing up because of worrying so much about how other people would interpret it, perceive it, react to it, etc. I guess another way that we've been masking for most of our life, though not on this podcast, is acting as if we are a single person instead of a multiple, instead of multiple people living in one body. Um, We've been a little bit better about not masking that and about being open and honest about that, but it's taken a lot of work to get there. And sometimes it's really scary to give in to these urges that I have, that we have. Um, Sometimes it's really scary to show up and be authentically us. in all of our neurodivergence, whatnot. Um, Like, I 
could never figure out the balance of eye contact. For many years, I just didn't make eye contact at all, like at all. I would look at people's shoulders. I would look at people's foreheads. I would look at the ground. I would not make eye contact. And then as I started growing up and getting teased about not making eye contact or in some cases shamed or yelled at for not making eye contact to adults who believed themselves to be the authority, I learned that you had to make eye contact. (laughs) And so I made eye contact. But I went in the exact opposite extreme. I went from never making eye contact to making unending eye contact to not looking away because I didn't understand the need for balance. Um, All I understood was that I got yelled at for not making eye contact. And so then I was like, oh, okay, I, I make eye contact. And, you know, so for a lot of, for probably at least a couple of years before I learned, like, no, I need to look away, I need to have some balance. Um, I missed most of the conversations that I was in because of doing things like make eye contact. What did they say? Look like I'm paying attention. Look like I'm paying attention. Make eye contact. Shit, what did they say though? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Make eye contact. Make eye contact. Like, I'm not exaggerating this. Um, it... I just felt extremely disconnected because of feeling so much pressure to show up in ways that neurotypical people think are really easy to show up. Um, It is very much a conscious, (laughs) it is very much a conscious thing um, for us to have to show up that way. And it takes so much effort and honestly, I'm, there's probably still other ways of masking that we do that we're not even sure of or not aware of <sighs> um, just because it's so ingrained at this point, even as we're going through the unlearn, un- <sighs> excuse me, even as we're going through the unlearning phase and leaning into our stimming and leaning into making eye contact if it feels comfortable and not making eye contact if it doesn't feel comfortable and, you know, being okay with stammering and dissociating and showing up however we need to for ourselves. Even as we're going through that unlearning phase and that re-embracing phase, I'm positive that there are still some ways that have felt so unsafe to show up as neurodivergent that we're not even aware of them, that we're not even aware of doing them anymore. Um, And this is really scary. Like, I'm... (laughs) 
I probably sound like I have it all together right now, but I am very much anxious that I am actually talking about these things. But like, this is my podcast. I can do what I want. And this podcast exists solely for the purpose of helping myself reclaim and get to know and embrace myself. And I don't want to demonize any of my experiences anymore, even the ones that are scary to mention. And it's actually a little bit interesting to me because I've been open about my mental health experiences for many years now. Many years. Um, I was talking about my... You know, I started acknowledging my depression and whatnot in college and I graduated six years ago. (laughs) Um, And, you know, since then, like, I've been talking about my mental health experiences with anxiety, depression, PTSD, ADHD, being on the autism spectrum, a CPSD as well, (laughs) dissociative identity disorder, obviously. Like, I've been talking about all the things for years and for whatever reason this is one aspect of those things that is still scary to talk about (laughs) like it's just a part of me it's there's no reason that I need to be afraid of this or hide this and yet that habit of hiding it is so strong that it is very <laughs> that's that's it. I don't actually have a word for what it is beyond that noise, but whatever that was, that's what it is. That's the best that I can <laughs> describe it. <laughs> so I feel complete. Is there anything else I want or need to say right now? Yeah, that feels complete. I love myself. I love you. Thank you so much for listening.